I live here, so I can't be too bad with rats. How long have you lived here? Fuck, man. Four years. Do we start? Yeah, I'm kind of doing a mic check while we're kind of talking. All right. Just to check the levels, see how we're doing. It's so fucking hot. You're hot? I think it's kind of nice in no, here. No, it's nice in here. Oh, yeah, but it's, it's just like hot the, It's not even going down to the temperature. Like, it, it won't go past 74. What about your uh, your house? Is your tiny house, like, cool? That was you. Yeah, that was me. I probably should turn that off. Yeah. No, it's it's terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It's like an oven in the summer and a freezer in the winter. I almost died last winter. You know how it all it rained. There's no insulation. Or yeah, no insulation. It's unfinished. It's a it's a pallet, a shipping pallet. <laughs> they built a house on a shipping pallet. So you probably like technically shouldn't live there. Right. No, it's illegal. <laughs> number one. And uh, number two, it's like, I'm pretty sure it'd be like condemned. Like there's no foundation. That or, sounds kind of like, you know, as a struggling artist, mm-hmm. like the best like environment, right? Uh, I mean, for the struggling part. Yes like, and no. You know, yeah, it's a struggle. That's your water, by the way. Oh, thank you. But it gets in the way, you know. Hmm. You, have you seen Frank, the movie Frank? Yes, with the giant head. Okay. Yes. I've always dreamed that one day I'd have a band member who shared my vision of creating extremely likable music. So thank you, John. You gave me the little push I needed. Okay. Enough chatter. Here it is. My most likable song ever. Coca-Cola, lipstick ring, go dance all night, dance all night. I've got dancing legs. Woo! I've got dancing legs. They won't stop me dancing, no. They won't stop me dancing. Kiss me, just kiss me. Kiss me, Nephrodite. Just the way you like it. Just the way you like it. Kiss me, kiss me. Lipstick, kiss me, lipstick ring, go. That's the way you like it. This is your most likable song ever? Yeah. People will love it. Spoiler alert. He has a giant head. <laughs> he has a giant head. No, I was going to go further. Into I love that movie because it's about uh, this guy who's, uh, he, you know, he's very charismatic in his, uh, he's got this mystique and everything and uh, his view on art and is, is just uh, this whirlwind of energy and stuff. But then as the movie goes on, you realize how he's just not, I don't know, there's just like a certain point he won't get past because. As an artist yeah or as a person um as an artist and that's this is a real guy right it's based on a true story yeah yeah Yeah, and i i had seen like just being of insomniac and going on youtube i had seen videos of the real frank he had a bbc pilot so it's from even yeah yeah it's english uh it's like john ronson who wrote it Hmm. um it's british I did not know that. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know a lot about the movie, but I enjoyed yeah. it. it. It's I really loved it, yeah. Yeah. That was like my favorite of the year. Are you uh interested in Bigsby or Brixby? That, that Oh yeah, yeah, that, Kyle does, Mooney's that looks movie? really good, yeah. Yeah, I want to see that. From the trailers, it kind of like reminds me of a of a Frank type movie. Hmm. I don't it's know, like maybe a just a costume. Comedy. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's parallels. I, it's it's kind of mysterious. Like, I don't know much about it. Yeah, they haven't really been trying to spoil it a lot, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, kind of tells me, like, you know, that there is something mysterious or, like, a big reveal or something like that. Yeah, I think, what I think is it's just going to be really fucking dark. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's like, they don't want to, like, 
show it as like a comedy. Right. But uh, people are probably going to take it as that if they... Right. They, I, I think, yeah, they don't want to turn people off right away. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. want the movie to do its trick, you know, which is smart. You you obviously saw uh, Baby Driver recently. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I, uh, I fucking... I had a unique experience with it mm. uh, where I I was listening to a podcast with Genji Cohen, mm-hmm. the, the creator of Weeds and yes. uh, Orange is the New Black and Glow. Uh, I, I didn't know that she, she did she that, She produced too. it. Oh, okay. I think... Um, and she was talking about her kids growing up and leaving the house and how hard it is. Right. And I thought of my mom and how hard that must have been for her. And then I thought of boyhood. And then, okay, that was me. <laughs> I got to turn around to I got. I just got a new phone. So this is my old phone that is going off. Nice. Uh, and it, and so, it's my whoa. mom on fucking cue. Nice. Is that? <laughs> uh, so I, I started thinking of that scene in boyhood. And it really just uh, uh, where his he leaves home and his mom just breaks down. Yes. You know, the Oscar winning moment. She won an Oscar for that. What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing. Mom. This is the worst day of my life. What are you talking about? I knew this day was coming. I just I didn't know you were going to be so fucking happy to be leaving. I mean, it's not that I'm that happy. What, what do you What do you expect? You know what I'm realizing? My life is just gonna go like that. This series of milestones: getting married, having kids, getting divorced. The time that we thought you were dyslexic when I taught you how to ride a bike. Getting divorced again. Getting my master's degree. Finally, getting the job I wanted. Sending Samantha off to college. Sending you off to college. You know what's next, huh? It's my fucking funeral. Just go and leave my picture. Aren't you jumping ahead by like 40 years or something? I just thought there would be more. Uh, Trisha Arquette, right? Trisha Arquette. Yeah. This is great. Always been great. Human nature is one of my favorite. Do you think you could do that? Like make a movie for 12 years? It's a crazy. I feel like I'm doing it now, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> one Instagram video at a time. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I'm working on this movie, and we keep pushing it back. And, mm. I, it's and how far along are crazy. you? We shot like a tenth of it. And how long ago did you start it? Not that long ago, mm. less than a year ago for sure. Okay, but it just like we started shooting uh like a month or so ago and we haven't shot anything else oh hey we shot like a week before we shot a movie within a movie and it's just like we shot the first scene and now we're like and this is all you or like a you you wrote it and are directing it it. and directing it and And how many people are you two people involving in it just you and another dude no uh two actors i'm not acting in it oh okay and then uh, there's a one scene with extras, but and there's some other little things. Right. But, and then our crew is just me and two other people. Wow. Camera sound. That's definitely gorilla style. And yet we still can't get together and film <laughs> schedule wise. It's hard to get five, even five people together. You know, on a weekly or just yeah. daily basis. <laughs> I mean, I asked everyone before we started, "Are you available on Sundays?" And mm-hmm. the answer was yes, yes, emphatically yes. And right. then now. I don't know. Do you realize or do you notice that nobody can say no, you know, in this? Business? Yeah, which I do. I say no. Um, I started saying no because because I, I've just learned, uh, mm-hmm. like, if I get a sense that I'm not going to like somebody or if I get a sense that it's going to be something I don't want to be a part of, I'll just say no. And you don't uh, have to be a dick. 
No, but you can say no. Yeah, you just say I'm, like, oh, you know, I'm not interested. And, I'm busy, or I I got conflicting uh, Edgar, stuff. Edgar Edgar Wright uh, got a ton of offers after Spaced, but right. he was so burnt out, he just said no to all of them. I could understand that, and he's like, I just need a break, which is a very like un-American thing mm. to do, where we're just like produce, 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 produce. You know. Well, don't uh, British TV shows also just have that finite? I'm only going to make it for three seasons, and that's it. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but they you know, they seem to make less television. We're not um, going to like draw it out as long which as it's popular. We, we seem we seem to be following that a little more now. Mm-hmm. Although, then again, like if Big Bang Theory was made in Great Britain, do you right. think it would be on for nine seasons? No, probably it'd be, not. It'd be twenty episodes over four <laughs> seasons or something, and it would still be just as popular. Yeah, and it'd be way better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the science would be real because well no it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be uh something it wouldn't feel like something made in a factory yeah not hokey it'd feel like something made by people for people <laughs> and I, there'd be a hum- more humanity in it stand comedy open mics interviews and the podcast too it's just a day in the life Hello and welcome to This Comics Life. This is me, your host, D. Williams, a.k.a. Daryl Williams, a.k.a. Dumbass, a.k.a. Dude that's hanging out in a factory with a old friend of mine going way back to college. Uh, he's a, a mensch, uh, a, a prophet, uh, a, a really, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, I'm saying too much. Uh, some say a shaman. There you go. <laughs> But uh, one of the first guys I ever met to uh, be on the comedy scene and uh, just a friend ever since, uh, he goes by the name of Tony Bartoloni. Yeah, that is my name. Yeah. I like to talk about Short names. For Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. No. <laughs> really? Have you ever gone by Anthony? No, my sister couldn't say it. She was three when I was born and she would say Antony. So, mm. And my mom really didn't want because it rhymed. And she thought I would get made fun of and stuff. Right. And she was totally right. But it, my dad liked, I think he liked that it rhymed. What What was the, was the nicknames or what was the things that you would get made fun of? Uh, well, one of the worst uh, was uh, my sister threw up at lunch one time. Mm-hmm. So we got Barfa Baloney. <laughs> was, uh, That's a good one. Yeah. Tony Barfa Baloney. And yeah, I just inherited that from her. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, people were really mean in school. Yeah. And, and I I was... Uh... Don't cry. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> no. We're getting deep. The plight of a straight white male in America. Yep, being made fun of. Um, no, but yeah, I got made fun of a lot. Who and didn't? Well, well, like what happened is I learned very early on to turn it into comedy. Yep. Um, uh, and yeah, just embrace the people. I like the attention, um, mm. and I just embrace it. People would be like, hey, uh, "You're fat." I'm be like, "Oh yeah, look at my stomach." Pull <laughs> up my stomach, or like, or like, I I don't know. Something I remember is like uh, my neighbor who lived across the street was a girl. 
Mm. And this is really weird. Uh, it's gonna sound weird. I would pretend we play a game where I'd pretend like I was her dog, right? And she would like give me orders and stuff. And the As, way, okay, I was people would make fun of us and say like, "You, what is that? Your girlfriend and stuff?" And I would be like, "No, I'm her dog." Uh, and it was like like looking back now it's like some weird sadomasochistic right dominatrix relationship is that how you get off now or no no i dated a dominatrix but i'm really not into any of that i like she didn't use you as no play toy never really did any of that um but you'd be comfortable with her as as of that as a profession i don't know if i was ever really comfortable with it if i'm 100 percent honest right i fell in love with her and i was uh you know in a in a in a bad place yeah dungeon no i met her from uh doing comedy wow i i did a hungover improv show mm-hmm Hung, hangover is that improv. the premise like uh, everybody's was, hungover it was, a, it was a show where they had a big cast party for a theater show mm. and me and my friend went we weren't even in the production at all we just went to watch our friend nice and then uh and then we're like can we be in your show in the morning we went to the party after um and then they were like yeah it's just uh so what it is is you uh, uh either throw in 10 bucks or donate an item of value to you okay <laughs> and we had just gone to the play we didn't have much with us i think we ended up throwing in money mm-hmm. um and mostly probably my friend spotted me on most of it right uh, and uh and then you have to be drinking at the party mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're all gonna wake up in the morning and start doing improv and you what? can't eat or drink water or have a cigarette mm. uh, or chew gum or anything so then whoever stays in the show the longest uh gets the whole pot wow and I wouldn't give up. I'm stubborn as fuck. And uh, they ended up having to vote because there's still like three or four people at the end. And then also they were cooking breakfast, like a gourmet <laughs> breakfast, and we could smell it and stuff. And everyone's like taunting us, drinking water. And right, right. We're all hungover. It's an interesting premise for a show. <laughs> it got some press, and um, like the someone wrote a scathing article about mm. how is this theater and this is where we're at in fucking society that right they're making a mockery of of improv the sacred art of improv <laughs> <laughs> i don't know. so but me and my friend just i mean that was one of the funnest nights of my life yeah and it yeah. was i think it was her birthday and she came to the party she didn't go to the play she just you know hmm. she's she somehow connected to someone sweet and then uh and then she left and came back in the morning for the improv show hmm. uh and i remember she suggested iggy pop i want to be your dog now i want to be your dog now i want to be your dog now i want to be your dog I said, name a song. She said, I want to be your dog. And I said, Iggy Pop, all right? And that was our first, you know, kind of. It was Kismet from then but on. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know why that's a reoccurring thing. Right, <laughs> right. You're making me double. I think it's funny how, like, there's so many shows that have, like, a gimmick to it now. You know, they're ha- Yeah. But, you know. I like it. Yeah, of course. It gets people out there. You know, it, it yeah, gets. It's fun. And it's like who who wouldn't want to see something new, right? 
I, I'm always uh, curious of seeing that uh, that Undies show. I forget oh, yeah. what it's called. Funny and Undies. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I want to do it. You wouldn't? I said I want to. Oh, you would do it. Yes. Yeah. Would you choose your undies? Wisely I mean, I've ended or? up, I've ended up in my undies. Uh, you know, for not, not planning on it <laughs> on a regular show. Yeah. So. I I mean the the perv in me is always like curious to see you know the up and coming uh, new female comics yeah. on the show. <laughs> well, you know, perks to every booking, I guess. Are you okay? Mm. I'm fine. I just uh, threw up in my mouth a little bit. Bringing it back to your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you yeah, want- I live in a factory. Mm-hmm. That's We've established that. I, I, Owned by I, your grandfather. I have a tiny house that's awful. We talked about it a little what bit. What a hipster. I mean, uh, it's not all tricked out and shit. It's unfinished and mm. it's built on a shipping pallet. It's, uh, it's really awful. I'm trying to fix it up, but it's hard. Uh, because I have nowhere to put all my stuff, <laughs> and when you're painting, you gotta not have your stuff in the room. Right, right. And uh, it's, I mean, it's basically it's real. Someone asked me like why why I live like this, and they said the way they phrased it is, "What was your life like before?" Right. <laughs> and I said, "Champagne uh, and caviar." And I just I just said very bluntly to them. My dad died when I was seven, and it's been chaos ever since. Wow. Yeah. And that's there's the big truth in that. That's like even, I mean. And what did he die of? Uh, he had a heart attack, mm. but he was also severely depressed. And, I mean, I, I he you know, the depression didn't kill him physically, but I, it contributed. Of course. He was, uh, he kind of became obese. He was immobile. He was just stay in bed. Um, it's weird. People don't like to talk about it. And I was seven when it happened. Right. So I have pieced together a lot of things. And do you remember like the day and all that? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't forget that. Uh, yeah. Vividly. Um, you know, I, I wrote a play, uh, that had a lot of it in there. Wow. Um, which I had my little brother tell the monologue from my memory. And I asked him, and he said, I don't remember any of that. Crazy. Uh, but now I remember uh, extremely vividly. I woke up first and uh, started watching cartoons. Boy, come out of our west, out. And his... It's like a weekend? It was a school day. Mm. It was the first day of our second week of school, if I'm not mistaken. Right. September 13th. Yeah, that's right around when school starts. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so I woke up, and he had these like self-help tapes he would listen to. Like um, cassette tapes. Yeah, cassette tapes. And one was playing mm. in the other room. So um, I just assumed he was in there listening. And I didn't like the tapes, so I just <laughs> right. turned on the TV and didn't pay attention to it. And uh, and then my mom woke up and she said, where's your dad? And I was like, he's in the kitchen listening to his tapes. And she goes, he's like, not in there. Hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know. Then. And then she went outside and... He, now I am gonna cry, uh, and she, she, and then she just started panicking, and I had never seen my mom like that. She yeah. was just crying, uh, hyperventilating, and she was like, "Go upstairs, go upstairs." And my sister and my brother, it, it gets a little hazy here. Like I don't even remember who got right. up or what, but she's like, "Go upstairs, go upstairs." I think she gave me like clothes to wear 
and we're we went upstairs in my sister's room um so but like uh i mean honestly i've never thought about this until right now it just dawned on me but the tape was playing and cassette tapes aren't like particularly long Hmm. you know like how long could a like 45 minutes or something at least maybe an hour tops so he had died within (laughs) an hour of playing that tape yeah like wow uh, i just missed him um and uh and so she called uh, she called 911 and we it was like such a weird i remember i peed my pants um in the panic of it all mm-hmm. um i went upstairs which honestly i peed my pants a lot when i was a kid <laughs> uh <laughs> i used to wet the bed all the time right but uh, we were we were afraid to leave the room because my mom and i i, I was like i gotta pee i gotta pee and she, my mom's rushing us around and and i just peed my pants and then um we all went down the stairs to like kind of figure out what was going on and it was this really weird moment where my mom she's on the phone with the 911 operator and she's like i think he might be dead and then uh i said to my sister without just like repeating it she's like what is she saying and i was like oh she said dad said and it didn't it didn't even like the gravity right, of it the- didn't hit me and i did like we did like a double take to each other and we're like what the fuck you know and then and then we went to the neighbor's house i remember we ate cheerios i remember uh i think watching barney um (laughs) there was barney on the tv like what the fuck is barney (laughs) (laughs) and then i remember seeing the fire truck from across the street at my neighbor's house Mm. pull up and they took us to school (laughs) you had to go to school that day we went to school and then around i don't know like 10 11 noon ish whatever time it was my grandma went and picked us up and i'm like that's not normal you know right and um and then she sat us all down i think she might have told my sister who was older three years older than me and my brother's three years younger Mm -hmm. um i think she might have told her first um and then me and my brother she told at the same time and my brother was just like hugging her like scared and i just wouldn't believe her right i was just completely like nah you're you're joking like where is he like, <laughs> you know and then ah, okay yeah, where's yeah, dick clark fun 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 practical joke mom <laughs> as if my mom had ever played a practical joke in her life like she was the sweetest she's known for woman. tricks and <laughs> pranks but yeah it's just and I, that was Man, that was it and then after crazy. that my mom my mom didn't have a job she was a she was raising three kids right. one just one housewife it was my brother's my brother had just started kindergarten right so it was the first time the kids were even out of the house and so and my mom was uh and, and my dad was a postal worker he had been hospitalized for depression and gotten better and then um from what i understand this time he went to the hospital and they wouldn't take his insurance like they were his insurance said he didn't need to be hospitalized he went to a different hospital and they don't take his insurance mm-hmm. but they're like yeah you need to be hospitalized <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and so he just he didn't have money and he worked for the post office he had good insurance yeah but he and then he just stayed in bed most of the time
I actually like this show. <laughs> I do I, too. I like. I, uh, I think Jim Parsons is fucking like an incredible actor. Yeah. I think uh, all. all uh, well, three out of four of them are. I won't. I won't be specific. <laughs> you but, can like, guess which one he hates. Yeah, which one do I not like? Uh, <laughs> but I won't tell you. <laughs> I think the girl in it is great. Uh, Penny. The there's girl yeah, plays, three girls. Well, yeah, no, there's a, mm-hmm. and they're all great. All three of them. Blossom yeah. is great. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, two blondes. I I like the show. I like it. It's you know a show that at the time I could watch with my girlfriend. You know, she would yeah. be into it. Yeah, and the people are always talking about diversity, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's three Jews and an Indian dude. <laughs> it's pretty diverse. And three primary women characters. I don't know. I've heard uh, rumors that, I don't know if it is a rumor, maybe it's true, that uh, they're going to do a, a spinoff show of, like, Sheldon's younger days Ugh. or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, sometimes things just need to end. I mean, I stopped watching a couple seasons back because it's just like, you know, the the substance versus whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it does seem very American to do the spinoff show. I mean, like, when I watch it, it, it works. It makes me happy. Mm. Uh, I feel like I'm hanging out with friends. I don't sit there and laugh at the dumb jokes that they have in there, but <laughs> but like it just you know what is a comedy supposed to do if not make you feel good? <laughs> I I don't know. That's what television is, right? Is it's supposed to be for escapism, right? Uh, initially, uh, I, I mean, I guess. Well, you know, there's different <laughs> ideas about it now that reality TV's such a huge portion of it. I'd I'd rather waste my time with something where I feel like I'm learning something or uh, feeling like what more deeply. But sometimes you need a break. I mean, like Frank is a good <laughs> because that's is very entertaining, mm-hmm. but it's very uh, it's heart wrenching at the end. It brings could... me back to the line I was gonna quote earlier. Yeah, was because uh, his the crisis of the main character, which is uh, what's that kid's name? Dumb Hill. Gleason? Yes, the guy from Ex Machina. If you've created a conscious machine, it's not the history of man. That's the history of gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's great? He was also in Harry Potter. He played. Uh, oh right, the, the late brother. Yes. Um, the redhead. Hello, Harry. Bill Weasley. Oh, pleasure. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's great. He's a good actor. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But he um, knows himself well and goes out after projects that challenge him he reminds me of brad pitt in that way but because <laughs> brad pitt is like not the greatest actor ever right but he's become really good and he's never gone for a part that's like beyond his reach yeah like what do you think the worst brad pitt movie has been it's like mrs mrs mr and mrs smith which hmm. is entertaining for what it is and still made and, money yeah and, and then uh cool world oh um, right yeah forgot about that movie um yeah, but like mostly they're just all Oscar nominated movies. <laughs> like every one of them. He has an amazing He does pick he knows how to pick great movies. Yeah. And then when uh when he's asked about it, he goes, I just go with my instinct. I'm not smart enough to figure anything out. I'm just like Do you think that that this feels right? Then, you know, shows the power of a of a good, you know, team behind you, you know, agents, managers, they know like, oh, this is gonna sell for this actor. I don't know. I don't know too much about that stuff to be honest. <laughs> Um, as I live in a uh, <laughs> tiny house with it would no be, career w- prospects whatsoever. <laughs> I would think that you're still, you know, a pretty decent name, though, in the L.A. scene. You know? uh, it doesn't feel that way. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I cannot tell you the last time I've been booked on a show. 
Really? I don't know. It was probably a couple months ago, though. Well, and then you want me to stroke few your dick and a little far bit? Between. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. I, I could use it. Um, I'm, I'm going into two roast battles. I need <laughs> some dick strokes. When I was, uh, you know, talking to other comics about, you know, upcoming shows and whatnot and mm-hmm. upcoming guests, you know, a lot of times I'll say, like, oh, I'm going to have this person or that person. And most of the time, most comics will be like, who? You know, yeah. what? Oh, oh, yeah, that guy. I, I, I think I know him. But I, I mentioned your name, and everybody automatically is like, "Oh, Tony, cool! Whoa, I'm definitely listening." Well, that's cool. You're, I mean, you're a. Um, I'm sorry to the other comics. You everyone well. listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so step it up, man. Start being funny. Oh, uh, man, <laughs> it's funny. Brad Pitt. I just I cannot not uh, he, with choosing projects and saying what well, we we're talking about saying no. Yeah, he was in Almost Famous. He was what? cast as the guitarist in Almost Famous. And they started rehearsals, and it was not working out. And Cameron Crowe, it was like... The Billy Crudup character? He, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was Brad Pitt. Whoa. And Cameron Crowe didn't know what to do, because it wasn't working out, but there was no world where he was going to fire a huge movie star from his wow. move, from his, his movie that he wanted success for, something so personal and everything. I didn't know this. And Brad Pitt said, you know what, man? I feel like it's not working out, and I'm going to step away. You know, no harm, no foul. I love you. You know, and he, and he made the call. And he said he was. It was like it was incredible because he's like I've never seen another actor do that. Just step away from a role that wasn't working to check your ego and right. just say I can't do this and and give it up. So I think I don't know, Brad Pitt. Do you think somebody very, told him like, hey man? You know, I don't know. Cameron I mean, Crowe saying you're sucking it up. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he just knows himself very well. He he, he watched dailies and was like, man, I'm fucking. I don't even think it was at good. a point where they were filming anything. It was during Whoa. the rehearsal process. He just knew he couldn't play guitar. Like at <laughs> I, least, yeah, I don't like, know what it believably. was. Believably, it just just didn't fit for whatever reason. And, and it's so right that you say that because can you picture him in that movie? Fuck no. Like yeah, no. Billy Crudup's fucking it. Yeah, he is that. Yeah, and he and the yeah, like Cameron Crowe says, it's, it's that's my favorite movie probably of all time. I saw it at a test screening. And really, it, and that's it was incredible. So weird how um, it was a real test screening where there was no music tracks, like the parts where there were music and the stage and stuff. Like it was just silence. You just didn't hear anything. That's crazy, man. I would have loved it. And uh, and that whole uh, there was like definitely a deleted scene. Oh, I, have you seen the bootleg edition? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot in there. A lot of Philip Seymour Hoffman was cut out. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. It's just like it's like B story. Right, right. You really just like, need them for the beginning. If you watch the bootleg and then watch the the regular one, it's like the regular one's way better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's so much great shit in the other one too. It is such a good movie. I it, think it's I mean, also I, I love it. Yeah, it came out right at the right time. Yeah. for like me. Like age wise and everything. I mean, me too. It helped me, and I don't know though. I I keep going back to it. Hmm. Uh, a lot of movies I say are oh, this is my favorite movie, and they dis- they disappear. You know, <laughs> I love a movie like that, and not saying that this movie is also like that, but I feel like the themes are the same. Where it's like Steve Zizou, and uh, you know, movies like that where I, it I just lo- has a lot of heart. I love that movie. Yeah, I think uh, I I didn't watch it for a long time because it was. Uh, it was kind of, you know, Wes Anderson had all these great reviews right. and everything, and then that was the one where everyone's like, he fell off. And then really? I yeah, 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 yeah. It got like really mixed reviews. That's interesting. And then I watched it, and I was like, what the fuck is ever? This is fucking <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that every line in that movie is like a double entendre. 
Hmm. It has like an emotional meaning and a joke meaning, or it's. I don't know. I think it's a beautiful movie. It's definitely layered for and, sure, and a fun movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a crazy movie. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's very surreal, but also very grounded. Yeah, it's you know? it's an interesting. I find it uh, take on just existence. <laughs> those types of movies will always be, you know, for better or worse, like stamped with the creator. You know, it's always yeah. like you can tell, like, oh, that's a Wes Anderson, that's a Cameron Crowe, that's you know, I Edgar think, Wright, right, Edgar Wright, Tarantino. Certain, you know, you don't know who who directed, you know, 10 Things I Hate About You or How to I Lose a Guy in 10 Days <laughs> or any other 10 movie. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like there's certain artists that are like guns for hire that will just be like, I, I can make a generic movie. Which like, you know, it's interesting. I think uh, Kevin Smith would think of himself like that. Right. But it's totally not true. Mm-hmm. I, you can tell a Kevin Smith movie because totally. they're talking a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and it has. He's also. Ben I mean, he's it. one of my favorites. Unapologetically, just fucking. I love him. He, I when I saw Mallrats, I was maybe like eleven or twelve. Yes. And my mom came in halfway through the movie and ejected it mm. and took it away, and I didn't get to watch it until I was older. Oh no! And, but I had heard so many curse words that I had never heard before. The breadth yes. of the dirty language in that movie <laughs> just fucking blew my mind, and I. I mean, it left a big impact on me and for I, sure. Um, I mean, a lot of these. What about his new ones, the Great White North ones? I I like them. Mm. I think they're good. I think they're. uh, He's doing different shit. I don't know. Definitely changing it up. I like like I think uh, I think he knows what he's doing. Like I thought I thought fucking the Walrus one uh, Tusk Tusk was creepy and weird and definitely and funny and it was a cool horror movie. Michael Parks was great. And then oh yeah yeah he's he's really good. and uh and I, yoga I, liked, hosers too. I liked yoga hosers it was the dumb 80s movie and the, <laughs> that's what the kind of movie he was gonna make i think it's like really quotable it's really fun i think and you... not for nothing to make a dumb movie with two male f- female characters mm. hasn't been i feel like that hasn't existed in a while not since like clueless or well i think you know deep down know. it is a, like he got to a point where every artist does where it's like i want to make a movie for my kids or with my kids or you right, know yeah and who wouldn't yeah, no. I don't know. I, I think they're fun <laughs> movies. I don't think they're the best movie ever made. But like, I mean, Red State's extremely fucking oh, great. Hell yeah, yeah, Red State's amazing. And and then what happened is he made a, a like a Oscar bait movie, and it got no awards or anything. And he was like, "Well, you know, fuck it. I'm gonna have some fun then." I yep, think. Anyway. Yep. Well, I think that at at certain points, you know, you make movies for yourself initially. When you go in, you're like, "Okay, I might not have another chance. So I'm gonna just do what I want to do." And then I mean, you always have to do that. Yeah. But then after you see success from that, certain opportunities come around with just dump trucks full of money and saying, hey, let's do this project. And then your integrity kind of goes, well, I could do cop out. Right. I, could- I, I mean, I don't I don't blame him for doing cop out. Like I don't either. He, Who- he wanted to hang out with Bruce Willis, which turned out to be a nightmare <laughs> for him. Uh- but that's the thing. He he might have not wanted to do that movie. He got proposed to do that movie. And then ended up I mean, not being passionate it. about it. I never it. watched it. It's a decent movie. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's, you know, awesome. Does it feel like a Kevin Smith movie? No. Because, yeah, it, it was probably a studio-driven, like, hey, you know, we have a lot of notes. You know, it's weird because I was so young 
Like, what are your memories? I mean, one of, of my earliest like, memories is really fucked up, and it's this is a, a complete anomaly. It wasn't like like my my childhood was really happy, uh, right, right, for the most part. Um, but I remember him basically. It's, I feel fucked up to even talk about it because mom, don't listen. Uh, <laughs> Just but, fast but forward like, this. Her her first one of my earliest memories was at, he was asking me to uh, help him kill himself. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like four or five. I don't know how old I was. He died when I was seven. So yeah. It was before but to that. ask your kid to. Yeah. I mean, he was like, clearly fucked up. Um, you could probably like assume like you could do it yourself. He just, I mean, he was so. And so uh, people don't understand why I live like how I do. But my dad, um, he worked at the post office and he hated it and he hated his job and it i feel like it just killed him <laughs> you know literally yeah eventually it just, it just wore him down until he gave up and eventually and, died <laughs> yeah and uh and i mean like having kids like having three kids to provide for is probably super overwhelming for him totally um i think i honestly think he was an artist he would write poetry um he was a writer and he was very scared to uh, pursue anything like that. One of my mom's favorite stories to tell us was he was also an athlete. Like he loved he loved sports, and he uh, he played basketball in high school and baseball and everything. And he got scouted by a, a basketball coach. I don't know for what school or whatever, but he didn't want to go to the school because it was out of state, right? And he didn't want to leave his home. And the guy, uh, the guy was like, "I'll play you one on one." The coach. What? And he goes, "If you win, he go, you got to bring your best game, and I'll bring my best game. And if you win, you got to come to my school." And my dad said, "Okay." And my dad beat him, but then he still didn't. He didn't uphold mm. his end of the deal. He's like, "Yeah, I still don't want to leave." And he, you know, he went to a local college. And I mean, if he would have left, he would have never met my mom and married her and had me. <gasps> So I don't know. It is a, an interesting, like, you know, who hasn't thought about the, you know, path not taken? Right, right. But she told us that story, and I, w I, I remember asking her, like, why didn't he go? And then she said, you know, he was scared. Yeah. So don't be scared to do things like that. I and, think that drives everybody's fear, you know? Like, right. why haven't you done anything in your life? It's because you're scared of the outcome yeah and i and i'm i get it because i'm scared uh yeah. like i like i told you i got scared of open mics and i stopped going to them but i because of my dad and what happened with him i fucking i'm scared all the time too that's the thing and have you tried to you know get like kind of i wouldn't say help but oh yeah have you I talked mean, I've about gone this to therapy or, yeah. a lot um throughout my life i need to go back uh, it's hard to find a good program and a good therapist, but but I need to uh, try. Um, but right, it helps when you a were lot. a kid. Like when right, I was a kid, I went to therapy. Mm -hmm. um, like right mom, after it happened, that's one of the best things my mom did. Yeah, was, uh, get me going to therapy and stuff. I um, think it's always weird how like because I've I have a lot of friends that have lost parents early, but mm -hmm. I've been one of those guys that my parents are still alive. I still know I still have grandparents that are still alive. So I haven't really gone through a lot of loss, but I'll tell you right now, I haven't talked to my dad in months.
<laughs> you know, I've barely talked to certain I mean, family members. My mom just texted me today. So even if it's like, okay, they're not dead, but I'm not treating them like they're alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is weird because, I mean, like, like I t- I've been telling my sister lately, like, we should be closer. Yeah. Because we don't live far away. And um, it, a great movie that I saw last year was uh, Other People. I'm not familiar with that one. It's it's beautiful. Uh I mean it's it's not like a perfect movie or anything, but it's about it's about a struggling comedy writer, right? <laughs> whose mom is dying of cancer mm. and Molly Shannon plays his mom. Here's a fun topic. Um cremation. Oh, I'm not gonna, we talked about this. I, don't I know we, I know I know we talked about it. I just want to I'm not going to be burned up, okay? I don't how would you like it if somebody set you on fire? No, thank you. Well, it's not like they light you, uh, you know. i don't like camping and i don't like fires and i don't want to be personally lit on fire i want to be frozen do they have that as an option who's stars in it the kid the guy's name he's from friday night lights he's a really good actor he was in the master oh, okay and, and uh observe and report do you know that guy he mm, looks like matt damon yes with down uh, syndrome oh, i'm yeah. familiar i don't know his name <laughs> but i am familiar with who you're talking about oh god i i know his name jesse plemons yes yes yeah jesse plemons stars in it and it's a great cast fucking molly shannon uh she's uh, great great comedic actors she always plays great moms. anyone in it right now but uh but uh but yeah there's a line in that where she the whole time he's at home he goes home to like spend time with her before she dies right and moves back in and and her mom his mom tells him like spend time with your sisters because um i used to be scared of you losing me yeah and but i see your sisters and i know that i shouldn't because they're me and oh man that's it i remember when i watched the movie i watched it by myself and i was just weeping in the yeah. theater and it was also kind of funny because there were these kids who were obviously stoned out of their mind <laughs> and they were like giggling in the, and they were sitting in the wrong seats and stuff and they expected it's a comedy right so they expected this like comedy i guess or whatever and uh you know it's molly shannon and fucking and then uh i kind of got annoyed with them at the beginning mm. and then when it got really emotional they i just like looked over and they're fucking like wide-eyed terrified and i'm like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> you idiots <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh, i love a movie i'm not gonna lie i love a movie that can move you you know, oh, yeah, that- yeah. It's a, it's a movie. It should move you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you go to uh, Stephen Edley Gerges, who's a great playwright, uh, mm. one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's best friends, and um, worked with him a ton, and is nominated for a Tony for Motherfucker with a Hat. Nice. He said, That's a great title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bobby Cannavale was in it. He's a nice. fucking great actor. Uh, but it was his first big like Broadway hit or whatever. He said, when I go see a movie, I want everything. I want to laugh. I want to be moved. Yes. I want I want to be entertained. I don't want... That's why Edgar Wright is so remarkable. His movies are such high-octane entertainment. Yes. But they're drenched in like ethos, and the characters are so well developed and have such layers to them yeah it's not just the guy driving a car 
You know, you, I know. You, you give that guy life and character and it's meaning. Is a, a guy whose mom died, yeah. and uh, there's a purpose. That's why he drives cars because he was in a car crash as a child. Yeah, I love it, and and it's so cool too that it doesn't take much. You know, it's yeah, not like you're spending pages and you know a yeah, half yeah. hour on backstory. No, it's like he shows it all in like a five second moment. Yeah, yeah, and you're totally like, oh, well, oh I, through, I get it. It's throughout the movie; mm-hmm. it keeps paying itself off. Yeah, and building on itself. And it's just remarkable. It's just he takes his time and he thinks about the movie a ton, and he fucking puts it together. That's why it's so frustrating when when people try to write it off and say like it's sexist. Which I agree, the really? female character is under. Yeah, oh, it doesn't pass bunch. the Bechtel. Uh, I, I guess not. I don't know. Hey guys, the internet here. The Bechdel test is named after the American cartoonist Alison Bechdel. The test asks whether a work of fiction features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. The requirement that the two women must be named is sometimes added. About half of all films meet these requirements, according to user-edited databases and the media industry press. I'm sure Ms. Bechdel was a delight at most parties and had many male acquaintances. If you cannot tell from my vocal expressions, I am being sarcastic. I forgot about that thing, but uh, <laughs> but like but like I agree the female characters underwritten, but in in that genre of movies like she's the damsel. I mean, but I, you still have to have a. But I think it's yeah. I just think it's deeper than most of them. So you got to give it some credit. Why are you attacking? Uh, why aren't you attacking every other fucking movie that's like that? And it's because mm-hmm. this one made some money. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also not trying to tell that story. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not her story at <laughs> no. all. No, and then uh, the story is about a, a mom who died, who was a talented musician and a troubled uh, person, obviously, and had this crazy relationship. Or and there's still stakes. Like see. she's still like, okay, it's a story about her getting taken and he yeah. has to save her like well and then the well, other character they were saying was like just eye candy or whatever the fuck oh, but i don't think so the i actually female. thought that was a very interesting relationship and yeah. uh and i mean we're getting we, we too, can spoil if you it seen baby yeah. driver, we're like <laughs> i think though that no like sense. for every girl that says like this character isn't fill in the blank there's 20 girls that are like i'll play it Oh well, well duh. Yeah, that's a no one's. There's no shortage of desperate actors, right? Looking for a role. That's why everyone's full of shit. It's like yes. in L.A., everyone's like the environment, the environment. We care about the environment. Give up your car. Mm-hmm. Stop driving. Yeah, yeah. You're all full of shit. And yeah, there's a lot of Priuses, <laughs> and don't take the bus either. But Priuses are fucking expensive. So if you're poor, mm-hmm. you can't buy a Prius. You know. So yep. like, yeah. I mean, no, take the bus because that's people off the road. Right, right. Uh, yeah, people complain about public transit who have never taken it. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. drives me insane. We have one of the best public transit uh, yep, yep. Uh, systems in America. I, I take the blue line Top into five. L.A. all the time. I, I moved closer to the blue line for that reason. Because I would yeah, rather real, if if it's convenient, it's really fucking convenient. And I like the multitasking, the multitasking aspect where I can sit on the train and oh, edit yeah. a podcast instead of being in traffic behind yeah, a I wheel. I read, I write jokes. Yeah, I, of course, it's nice. Um, I mean, I've also seen someone get stabbed and totally I, uh, saw a lot, a lot of hate crimes. I, I don't think I've ever been in danger myself. <laughs> no, 
or you know, I don't know. Like, so okay. Oh, never mind. Video game, you know, promoter or the person that is basically making a living playing video games, mm-hmm. they're almost doing the same thing as what cam girls do. You know, <laughs> it's like they're instead of selling sex, they're selling the you know it's, gameplay. Yeah, it's just lonely people, and people are donating. Like you know, they there are subscribers that have like a monthly subscription to your yeah. service plus. People will just be like, oh, that was a cool scene, or oh, you finished Mario in a fast time. But here's, with him, here's 10 he's cents. not even that good at, at the games. It's <laughs> yeah. just that he's funny. It's a personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people it's try a, to connect it's to It's a it. weird thing. And I, I, there's an episode of South Park that I saw later, and it made me feel, I mean, like, I felt bad just because I was kind of a dick to him in general. <laughs> and, like, like, I realized that later. Like, in the moment, it was just like, I was just incredulous, you know? Are you jealous? Well, no, I just, he was, uh, when I met him, um, he was a quote-unquote comedian. Oh. And I'm like, what are you doing? Go go do open mics. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and, you know, do, do stand-up. It does feel, like, disheartening a little bit when you do see a guy that, like, started with you, and then now they're doing something else, and you're like, that's cool, but thought it was about the comedy. <laughs> right. I mean, and for him it is. It's just like, you know, I don't know. He's, he's doing better than I am. Mm. I can't really say anything. I will say at this stage, there are a lot of different feelers. You know, I'm I'm trying to I'll do you know diversify. Yeah. You know, do this podcast, go on stage, write other things that are you know maybe not comedy based, <laughs> hoping that like you know trying to put effort into everything. But also not being like, well, this needs to happen over this other thing. Stand-up is quite a monster because to be good at it, you have to dedicate all your time and attention to it. Totally. But to make it, to make something happen with it, you got to do other things. So it's yes. like this catch-22. And mm-hmm. that's where I'm at right now. Like, I'm, I'm making this movie and I'm, uh, I mean, even just writing the roast report, it like... You know, but that's day, getting your name out there. Yeah, yeah, but like the days I write it, I'm not going out to do stand up. Right. I, um, you know, I and I could probably make it work where I put a little less into it and write it in a couple hours or whatever. But I don't. I like to take a night and stay up all night and you know have spend 12 hours with it or whatever you and know? then you also watch the show itself. I mean, yeah, and then yeah, so that's a night. Mm-hmm. Well, but I get a spot at the store, so that's sweet. So it's worth it. So you're you're usually going on before the roast. Yeah, I'll go on up before, which is an interesting uh, way to do it, perform. But yeah, how's that going? Well, I often go up first, so it's like a half empty room, right, and right. Uh, but it's the store. 
but it's yeah i mean i'm not complaining in any regard it's just uh and you just, I, i've also gone on right before the last battles nice. between uh jeff richards who was on snl and mad tv mm-hmm. and jamar neighbors who's yeah. in the cube peel movie and one of the funniest comics on the planet and i've gone in between them and it just feels like oh this is how it's supposed supposed to be you know and i just and it yeah is there's no you can't compare it it's like fucking i just did my set and it was super easy and fun and i riffed a little bit and they, everything worked and it was great and the just roars of laughter and, and how much time do you get five minutes mm. just five minutes you know yeah, yeah i that's another thing that i'm really frustrated with is this point and frustrated with myself because you know i i could be further along if i had my shit more together earlier i kind of you know I've had I have my shit together more than I've had in the past. <laughs> my twenties were, you know, I don't know. Well, you seem to have it, you know, doing better than when we first met. Oh yeah, well that was a crazy time. That was when I first became homeless, mm-hmm. and it was it was yeah it was uh, it was funny because I just like decided to lean into the spiral, <laughs> the downward spiral, and kind of like. Uh, put it out there on like, Facebook and stuff. Embrace the homelessness, or yeah, uh, just and almost make a joke out of it. But yes. it was really happening to me at the same time, so I don't know if that's the best thing to do. I know it hurt a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I've noticed a few comics doing that. It's, I was it's weird how no. how many how many comics are homeless. Yeah, no. Uh, when I started talking about it on stage, I wouldn't do a single set talking about it where someone wouldn't come up to me after and say I lived in my car or right. My, right. I I mean these glasses I'm wearing right now. Uh, Bobby Lee bought me them. Yeah. Um. And there's a story about Bobby Lee. Uh, he just like came from San Diego. I hope I'm not getting any of the details of this wrong, but. Uh, he came to San Diego in his car and right. he didn't have a plan and he just came to the comedy store Whoa. and he was just sleeping outside and he was about to turn back and go home and then Andrew Dice Clay went up knocked on his window and said, Hey man, I got this sandwich. They put mayonnaise on it. I hate mayonnaise. Do you want it? What? I mean he had bought him a sandwich and tried yeah. to make it not seem like right. he was charity a charity case. Which is a super cool thing. So then, but then he returns the favor to like, like he saw me without my glasses and he's like, where's your glasses? And I'm like, I, well, I broke them. And he goes, oh, well, you're an idiot. Why'd you do that? <laughs> you know? And it, and then I was like, he's like, well, buy new glasses, you stupid. I was like, I, I will eventually as soon as I right. have enough money. Right. And then he's like, how much are your glasses? And he went, and he went to the ATM and gave me a hundred bucks. Whoa. And just, and he doesn't know me. Like, yeah. Like we're not friends. The uh, he just saw that I was a comic in need, and but he probably had to have known you a little. He's not. I don't just... think so, man. Really? I mean, I have a few. You don't think I've he seen knew him at around? Least maybe he's your like. Name? He, he, he. I don't think. I don't think so. I think he, maybe he's seen me around enough where he like sort of vaguely recognizes me. Right. I've had different. One time, he was supposed to have me on for a guest spot, and he canceled because uh, he. He had forgot, I think, is what happened. Right. And that gave, <laughs> oh, no. gave someone else a guest spot. I know that um, there is a lot of, uh, you know, camaraderie when it comes to this scene. You know, I, I've seen a lot of, Yeah, like, and people, I don't know, man. It's weird because I, I run with uh, different groups of people. Hmm. 
Um, and I, for me, for me, it's like I'm going to work, you know? Right. Um, it's the funnest job in the world, and I slack off, of course, like everyone. Right. Uh, You're a comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do some drinking on the job. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when I'm doing, I, I try not to go on stage drunk. Or, sure, uh, sure. I definitely don't smoke pot um, because I just can't function. I wouldn't be able to function at all. Uh, and, it, like, I take it seriously. Yeah. But yeah, it's a weird thing where your job is at a bar, you know? It is hard and I But it's not a social thing is what I was going to say is like it's not I'm not in this to I'm not in this business to make friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it is like I want to be successful, but I also don't want, you know, others becoming successful before me. I mean, I I'm at this point I don't give a fuck like I, I try to be happy for people. Hmm. Uh, I've seen it. Like I can't, I can't be bitter. I don't want to be old, an old bitter man at an open <laughs> mic. Like I, I just, you, you got to let go of that. Because, I remember when I used to open for him. I mean, Jack Knight. I saw him come on the scene. Mm. You know, from day one, right, and have success right away. Almost, yeah. you know, I mean, within a couple years. Yeah, and he's fucking. I mean, he's like 22 or something. I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, Olivia Grace uh, is very young. Definitely. Um, but I've, I, I've I seen love, her around uh, a lot lately. I love these people. Yeah. Um, and they're more successful than me and way <laughs> 10 years younger than me. Totally. But they're great. Um, and anyone, I don't know, even even people I don't like, I know that they work hard. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be there, or otherwise, it's going away for them. You know, like right, right. Like there's, I, I think more than anything else in the entertainment industry, there's justice in comedy because you have to, you have to put in the work. Yeah, you have to be funny. You have to, like, I think there will be instances of like, okay, there's one time that you could probably say, yeah, he got on a show that he wasn't supposed to be on, but for the most part. He's not going to have a career full of shows that he's not supposed to be on. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. You know, there's uh, it's like eventually he's going to have to put it in. People, people do, people do get work that you know aren't as talented as other people, but it's usually because they work harder or they have their shit together, or mm. you know, there's some and and usually it is like if they're not very talented. They'll have a moment, and then that moment will go away, and then they'll run bringer shows in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who that is I'm referencing? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. But I, I mean, I know. Oh, I I've definitely uh, know that archetype. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't – I'm at this point right now. I had – just recently, I'll talk about these things. Hmm. But like uh, I two weeks in a row, I had people yell in my face at the comedy store – and uh one of them didn't bother me like as just much audience as the other. Members or? No. <laughs> no, um <laughs> one was uh, a, a comic, other comics. Uh, two, okay. yeah. They were both comics, but one I considered a friend hmm. and that was really hurtful. Yeah. Um and you know like and these weren't slight jabs. These were full on like these were like or... I mean one of them went on for like it would seem like hours and right. one of them was at least 20 minutes of right. Of shit, of resents, resentments they were holding on to. Damn. And yeah, it was pretty... And I had to, like, fucking reckon with these things. And I talked to other people about them a lot. And, like... 
It, I mean, and it's like it'd be like if you were at work and someone was screaming at you, and yeah. like, like I'm like, what's my reputation at the comedy store? It happened in public there. The first one, they almost called the security on the guy. Wow. Uh, uh, I mean, he threatened me and shit. And but, where did uh, this co- like all spark from? Like, well, I mean, one was I was, uh, you know, trolling him online. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other one was I ran a show with someone and I, it didn't turn out how we had envisioned. And this was the comedy store show, right? Yeah. So now everyone knows who it is. Uh, oh my! I knew that you that you hosted a show there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, uh, they gave us a very short notice to run these shows. Um, my producing partner was. Um, I don't know how experienced he is running shows, but he was very difficult to work with for whatever reason. Right. Off of, from my side, and I became overwhelmed, and it was it became very hard to make these shows happen. And, and what were you trying to book? You know, at least how many comics? Uh, I don't know. Every show was different, and the thing he wanted to get a lot of people involved, and that became a problem. Because it needs to be like one person running it or two people running it right. and everyone else performing and we have to. And I don't know, a lot of shit. I don't know. He probably has personal shit going on. And it was it was really, I felt like it was really unfair because it was like all these things we hadn't talked about. And he just, oh man. And he's a lawyer. So it was very much like he made a good case for himself in this. <laughs> in this Did he bring a jury with him? Tirade. No. <laughs> I was not judged by yeah. a jury. My, but I consider him a friend still, and I still it's it's sucks to see. I saw him. I mean, last week was the first week I saw him outside of that event, and he said he doesn't want to talk to me anymore, and that wow. he's done with me, and I'm selfish, and I'm in it for myself, and blah blah blah. And it, I, I and what I took from these two experiences was just I'm gonna try to be more positive and more more kind to people and more. Uh, friendly and i'm probably not going to run shows for a while my one at nerdist just ended and uh just i don't know take a step back from that and s- so these were just uh creative differences i i guess mostly uh but but it was like he just blamed everything on me you know oh blamed what like the success of the show or yeah and among other things he was also mad about a roast report which, oh, by the way, if I if I had a if I had a nickel for every roast report someone got mad at me about, yeah, I'd have a paid spot at the comedy store. But isn't that you know? the whole point of the roast report? Is to just report the roast? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. I mean, just like I say, I, I always say all the time, it's not it's not called the compliment report, <laughs> right? You know. Although I do give people their due and give them compliments when they do well. Um, but it's mainly you're just saying what happened on well, the show. The preview, you know, you make it as entertaining as possible. So you put jokes, you you burn people in it and stuff. And I've right. I've I've honestly gone too far a couple times for sure. <laughs> but that's the nature of the show. Um, I I don't have I don't re- I don't know I don't hold resentment for anyone. Right. Um, have you- I I've I've gotten into these situations out of like the kind of stuff you're talking about. Hmm being bitter about people getting success before you or whatever being territorial or whatever it is but yeah so like these two events uh these two people yelling at me at the comedy store uh, one was more yelly than the other 
And uh, nobody stepped in and said, like, hey, don't talk to Tony that way. Oh, no, way, the or... one that went on longer, people did. Uh, he started, he called me a rich, he called me a rich white person. And then uh, my, clearly friends, knows you. my friend stepped in and said, Tony's homeless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went in on him, <laughs> and who is, he is rich. So, yeah, it was just, I, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Which is part of my problem to, with that guy to begin with, is he doesn't know me. Yeah. He just puts me in a box, and I don't like being a prop in his act mm-hmm. and he calls me out on stage and then people think he's brave for calling me out right which i'm not gonna do anything like i'm not fucking again it's it's work i'm at work i'm not gonna start fights with people Do you think that, like, even now, like, the Louis C.K.'s of the world still get that, you know, like, where they're, they're sucking it up? You know, they just, they still, I know, you know, just have a, a night where, like, oh, none of oh, that works. sure. <laughs> I mean, if you watch the show, Louis, mm-hmm. that's one of the things I loved about it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it shows him bombing. Yes. <laughs> like, uh... And in real life and on stage, the, one of my favorite moments in the whole show is when he's sitting at the table and he tries and hits on this girl who's wearing a, uh, she's wearing like a camouflage yes. skirt and top mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he just goes like, I almost didn't see you there. <laughs> he's like all shy and clumsy about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then Todd Glass just is, has chalk and he's drawing on the table and he just writes not funny and draws an arrow to him. <laughs> It's just a beautiful moment. I uh, love Todd. But Barry. yeah, he just it's him bombing a lot. <laughs> the uh, uh yeah, I think he bombs. I think he goes up at the cellar with rough material and struggles through it. Right. Just, just a like, premise, no punch or whatever, you know. Yeah. Like he's uh I think he said he usually goes up with 5 minutes and does 10. And so yeah, I think uh uh yeah, especially when some of the like when he's doing the pedophile pedophilia bit yeah and he talked about that he's like he's like you fucking say it the first time and people are like oh and then you but to figure it but once you stick with it it builds a strength in the bit yes you like um, you're you're confident in like yes i know it's taboo but i'm still gonna say it yeah yeah, i'm gonna have the confidence to say it now yeah yeah there's something to bombing with a bit for a little bit and really figuring it out and really the ones that stick around are the ones that mean something to you. How long will you keep a bit around that doesn't work before you just it let depends. It go? Like if it really means something to me, I'll probably forever. I still <laughs> dust off. I never throw anything away. Uh, you know, like sometimes, sometimes I'll be working on a bit that's on a subject where I had a joke about it, like, and I just remember. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll try to wedge it in or figure out if right. it could open up the bit or whatever. I I never throw I'm I don't think you should throw anything away. Um although some I'm sure some of my stuff that I don't remember has fallen by the wayside. Well maybe but, some stuff that's like time signature. You know like Yeah, which I don't like to do. You um, don't nothing like too topical. 
But like, I mean, you're talking about Trump ruining the world or whatever. <laughs> right, your opinion right. is. Uh, <laughs> I don't. And, I don't really have an opinion. It, that's not going to go away. There's going to be another guy in ten years is going to yes. step up and ruin. I mean, if we don't blow it up uh, <laughs> before then. But like, I guess. But it's, even then, it, a, a post-apocalyptic world. There's a guy who's taking control and manipulating people, and you fucking you could still use that. But let's know? say you had like a really cool, like you know, Mary Kay Letourneau bit. How long are you going to be able to say that bit, you know, before people are like, who the hell is that? Or, yeah. oh, yeah, that was 20 years ago. It depends. <laughs> How good is the bit? True. What is the bit about? <laughs> if it's about uh, teachers fucking their students, yeah. uh, I think that bit never expires. <laughs> <laughs> like these teachers. Especially in America where we're all sexually repressed and shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh it depends. That's why I like uh, what I'm moving towards mostly. Something happened with me, where okay, I became <laughs> I became afraid of going to open mics. Okay, I because they're because they're terrible. Because yes. they're the worst scenario to do comedy in for the most most of the time. True, you're performing for other comics who don't give a shit, and oftentimes there's hardly anyone in the room. Um, they're in bars with noisy people and yeah. the Super Bowl's on the TV yes. or whatever the fuck <laughs> the situation is. It's just not... It's not know. conducive for comedy. Yeah, yeah. Especially certain kinds. You know? And I don't... Uh, what I was saying earlier about this guy uh, saying, like, if you don't do comedy this way, you're not a comic. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no. Uh, there's different rooms. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, and some I think the best comics are the ones who could do all of them. But do you think that yeah, because Louis C.K. could go into that open mic and crush? Oh, for sure, because everyone will come in the room because it's Louis. Yeah, because it's Louis, and it, uh, Maria Bamford's new special is brilliant for that reason, right? Uh, because she shows the progression of telling jokes in front of one person, yes, and then. A couple people, and then more people, and more people, and more people, until it's a big theater. It's and so then cool. the ending of it is fucking beautiful. Yep. It's legitimately... And, and yeah, if Maria Bamford, you know, someone told her, you gotta do comedy this way, I mean, people did. Yeah. Uh, I'm 100% sure of it. I guarantee you, plenty of people said, you know, you should probably not do your mom so much. Or, or <laughs> yeah, don't do weird voices, just do yeah. jokes. Right. And, yeah, of course. I mean, it, the most unsolicited advice you'll ever get in your life is when you start doing comedy. But yeah, like, yeah, fuck you to say Maria Bamford isn't funny. She's the funniest person on the planet. You know, like, you know. But what happened to me is that I got really scared. Uh, you know, some personal shit happened to me um, as relationships ending and things right. like that. Uh, shit from my childhood that I hadn't dealt with mm-hmm. got stored up and everything. Uh, my dad died when I was very young, and I just became scared. And I was really scared, but I was determined to keep doing comedy. And I kept going to mics, and I I I stopped driving. Like I I, I didn't have a car anymore. Wow, which was difficult. Um, but I was like I'm just determined. And I went to Mike's and I was bombing and it was awful. And then um, I saw two things happen. I saw Brent Weinbach mm-hmm. uh, perform. Yes. And he blew my mind. Um, 
He's one of my favorite comics to this day. He was um, the first comic you got you talked about when I first met you. Oh, okay. Well, it was probably like it was more recently. This is this. Yeah, uh, we've known each other for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, uh, and then I discovered um, Holy Fuck, which was a free comedy show, and mm-hmm. I discovered it because Brent was doing it the week after I had been on a show with him and met him and stuff. So I went to Holy Fuck, and it was just a really fun, good show. And I had I I re fell in love with comedy because you you it's easy to forget that you love this <laughs> yeah uh, i've talked about it before on this show about like you yeah. know it's hard to remind yourself especially after months of sucking dick you're just <laughs> like you used to do this you wanted to do this like this yeah, was yeah, something yeah, yeah. that you well yeah like, you <laughs> love it and yeah. that's the thing i think that's the best advice you could give to anyone doing anything love what you do Yes. Or don't do it, you know? And that's a decision. It's not... It's not, and it's not saying that you can't be frustrated. Right. Just, no, you're going to be frustrated. Yeah. It's like a relationship. It's like a marriage. Uh, you know, you fucking... You commit to it, and you should enjoy it. Yep. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to fight, and it doesn't mean that the person's not going to hurt you, and you're going to hurt them, and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to be awful sometimes. Yeah. But you gotta, you you, st- uh, you just gotta decide at some point to enjoy it, um, and that's so that's what happened to me. I started enjoying it again, and I remember that I really loved it. But then I my my performances became they went off in two different opposite directions, mm. and uh, one is experimental, uh, theatrical. Uh, improvisational yes you know uh i've seen that more uh and then the other is uh like storytelling very personal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, social commentary type stuff um and will you weave these two into a same the same set and i i have and that's one of the reasons i'm really frustrated with uh uh not having enough time because yeah. I, I was I was I was planning on filming an hour, oh. um, just self producing it, just to challenge myself sure. and you know keep it interesting for myself. And in do, just preparing for that, uh, it's really it it it, it makes me uh, because I'm thinking about it. If I put if I weave in this experimental stuff, and then I can actually connect it with the stuff that's really personal, yeah. And and it's it's almost like I'm taking off layers in throughout the hour, and then end it with a big joke uh, that like wraps everything. I, I it's I, it's it's really fun to think about it in that way. Yeah, it's so hard to think about like you know, not only coming up with all these bits, you know, just material itself, yeah. but weaving all this material into one cohesive time stamp you know yeah yeah and it's weird because like I having don't like, callbacks having all those like you i know, really don't like doing an act right i really hate it because i get sick of it and doing the same but 15 I, what minutes. i've learned to do is weave in new jokes and weave in riffing and stuff and uh i don't know like every new room is a challenge and you uh I don't know. Some some places are more comfortable than others. I've seen you get pretty crazy. You, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you've seen, but you know, you 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 flip out and you end up being on the floor for oh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's something <laughs> I used to do. 
Um, and I've done a, a lot of different versions of that. I've done it where like I've asked a volunteer like to tell me what's pissing them off, and then I just take that and like build it up to be like the end of the world or whatever. And, yes. Until I get so heated and worked up that I pass out and yeah, yeah, fall on the floor and then go. It's very funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, like, but that takes time. Like, mm-hmm. just to do that, uh, there's like a minimum of three or four minutes. So if you have five minutes, that's, that's you, and you can't bit, yeah. build to that because you gotta fucking you gotta get them on their side before yes. you flip out on them. I uh, saw you do this at a book show, so I think you were probably doing at least fifteen. Yeah, maybe. I mean, man. When I do twenty minutes, it flies by, and I I could keep going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I talk to uh, people like Rick Shapiro, and he talks about doing these three hour shows. Whoa! And uh, yeah, and that's like he got he got like some buzz from doing that, but he got kicked out of every comedy club. Yeah. <laughs> also, so that's a long set, man. That's yeah, yeah. A- he 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 told me a story about like Stanhope. Uh, came out and saw him because he heard about this crazy guy doing mm, these long mm-hmm. ass shows, and he got off stage. and Stanhope was like, "Why'd you get off?" And he's like, "Fuck, did I do short?" And he asked the time guy, <laughs> and the time guy was like, "You did almost two hours." And he's like, "Oh," he goes, "He goes, yeah." You, when you got him, you got to keep going. Wow. Uh, and 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 then Stanhope brought him to Arizona, some local fucking bar or whatever <laughs> right and they did they would go back and forth he'd do like two hours and then stanhope would do two hours and wow. then he'd do an hour and stanhope would do three hours and then he and they just fucking do these marathons crazy Have yeah you and see- i'm like i've never done more than 20 minutes <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i need to have you seen stanhope's new special no i haven't it's i haven't either but i hear it's really good i've heard uh all good things yeah i need to try to get CISO. <laughs> I I have it. Uh someone hooked me up with a nice, nice account. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys. He said it might end, but I don't mm. know. I watched Rory Scovels and it really upset me because Really? Well it's just he was doing something similar to what I'm doing. Oh. And I'm like, fuck. He stole it. <laughs> not that he stole it, just like oh, should I stop doing it? Right, right. Uh, or not. Which my which my I, I mean, my philosophy with that is uh, is that I don't know. It depends if it's different enough or not. I've but, had a, a group think of type of that situation where I started doing a bit, and then like I don't know if it was like it. It was genuinely like I don't feel like anybody stole it. I don't feel like yeah. anybody, you know, I don't feel like I stole it. But I have seen like two other comics do like li- almost. Verbatim, well, yeah. and the way to avoid it, that is to dig deep and do the most personal, mm-hmm, vulnerable mm-hmm. stuff possible. And, uh, and it is something that is like pretty generic. You yeah, know, it's yeah. not a, a deep like thought. The, the Carlos Mencia <laughs> thing. What was the joke that mm-hmm. was in question? Oh, what was my joke? No, no. The, when Carlos Mencia got called out. Oh, right. The I, joke in question was uh, they want to build a wall. Mm-hmm. between united states and mexico well if they kick all the mexicans who's gonna build it it's yeah. the most obvious not even joke. comics have thought of that joke yeah well yeah you go on twitter mm-hmm. uh scott blacks used to do a great thing where when something would big would happen in the news yes and everyone would be making the same joke he would follow every twitter account that <laughs> made that joke and then just take screen caps of his twitter feed of the nice. same joke you know 
Black Friday was one of them. Right. When Jay Z went bankrupt was one of them. He's got ninety nine problems. I think it is. There are certain jokes that are like that where they're so given to everybody. I mean, I have a joke I do uh, that uh, two other comics do who are much bigger comics than me or have done in the past. And I'm like, but I wrote the joke. I came up with it, and it's very personal to me. And you don't think the subject matter? They saw you, right? No, I don't think they stole it. And I don't think I stole it from them. Yeah. You know. But you're not, not going to do it. But I'm not because I think all – it's interesting because all three different versions of it are different. Yeah. And then uh, like I'm – the way I was going to use it uh, in my special, it was going to be like a callback. There's going to be a callback to it. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. there's there's all these pieces of it that I weave throughout Sweet. the special. So it's like – and then that that part of it's just like the the in the the first little part of it, right? So it's a pretty like substantial part of the act. Yeah. Whereas with the other two people, it's not. It's almost like a throwaway. Oh, okay. Have you uh, have you watched a lot? And I just of- love doing it. Also, right, right. Because the first line is shocking, mm. and then the second line is silly. And, and and it's just it's just such a great feeling to make everyone unco- go, <gasps> and then that relief, it's the it's the best. And where do you plan on filming it? Uh, well, we've we've talked about different places, but uh, we that's I don't know. I'm pushing it back because of the movie I'm filming. Right, right. Um, which we were supposed to be done filming by now. Yeah, and. After it's filmed, do you plan on doing all the editing and all of the post-production? Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow, I didn't know um, you knew how to do all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I learned how to edit in college, uh, community college. Mm-hmm. But I learned how to use Final Cut and made a bunch of little movies. Yeah. <laughs> you're a huge wrestling buff uh, uh, i mean you yeah i love it and i've been obsessively watching it lately and this new i went to raw the other week wow really yeah yeah we we bought it was great we bought 20 dollar nosebleed tickets yes and my friend works at staples center and she moved us to the floor nice shout out That's chloe tight. thank you so much <laughs> and and was it awesome it was fucking awesome yeah what was, was the great. main match like what was the uh women's mm-hmm. it was a gauntlet match they don't call it divas anymore right it's no no butterfly or something or it's women's just women's of wrestling yeah uh, i you know uh lucha underground is my favorite right and they do women versus men matches all the time unapologetically and i think that's like the most badass they gave the belt the main championship to a woman yeah sexy star won the championship and she won it right before the election and wow. i think the plan was that hillary wins and it's oh. a glorious day for women right <laughs> but hillary, womp, that's womp. not how it played out <laughs> i think uh some of the women are definitely way more popular than the men now i mean the- uh yeah i mean like i really like alexa bliss mm-hmm. who's the heel who's often the champ um i don't know just the her, heels always seem like angle is cool they always seem to me like the better characters you know oh yeah 
for sure. You know, even though there are those, you know, Cena's and I mean, Stone Cold's of the world that go both ways. Yeah. You I can, mean, I, I like Roman Reigns is getting more interesting now that he's taking a heel turn. Uh, do you like? Did you like the Shield? I mean, you... I honestly didn't watch that much mm. uh, in that period. Lucha Underground has really gotten me back because, but what? like once it started up again, I stopped watching WWE because uh, I think it's just a superior and product all around. It's not owned by WWE. No, no, it's, this is yeah, total it's, separate. It's uh, Robert Rodriguez's production and company. What channel is that on? El Rey Network. That's the that's mm. the catch is people don't have that network it's in like the highest deep cable cable package (laughs) and and but it also i think it airs on it some i mean you could get it on fucking itunes right you know it's like people complain yeah like like find it and watch it and tell other people about it it's the best wrestling there i was watching that uh the japanese rep wrestling Uh, new uh, japan yeah new japan that's great that shit is like all high-flying like acrobatic yeah uh the Puma, Prince Puma from Lucha, his mm. name's Ricochet when he doesn't wear the mask. And he I think he pretty sure he's his WWE contract and they're just waiting like he can't he can't be on TV until all the Lucha episodes have right. aired this season. That makes sense. And I got to I saw half of Ultima Lucha Trace, which is like their WrestleMania. Cool. So I saw his last match in Lucha and it's fucking great. And, and they, they and sold the story it. turns they did with it and everything is uh just they they book so well where like wwe makes the most boring decisions it's like very safe right. and very kind of predictable a lot right. of the times you know so like maybe that does need you know you need healthy competition well yeah i mean like they made nxt and mm-hmm. they made their own competition right right it's such a monopoly it's crazy and do you think ever like a WCW will come back or something? I mean, sort there of- was there was TNA, which was just awful mm. for so long. And uh, but the, you know the shit they did with the, the the Hardys, where they had like I think they had a lot of creative freedom there, and it was just like it was bad, but it was so bad it was good. And, <laughs> I mean, the way wrestling is, the way wrestling is yeah. so cheesy and well, it's, it's over the top. It's Greek theater. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, there's nothing like it. And I love it so much because mm-hmm. it's it's uh, roast battle reminds me of it. It's like a circus, totally, but a controlled, choreographed circus. Well, yeah, that's I mean, but With I mean, moments roast battle, of insanity. Not so much. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a looseness to it where something like uh, when I went, uh, they had uh, what's his name? Um, God, Ball is his last name, hmm. and uh, his his son just got signed to the Lakers. Oh, uh, right, yes. And there, someone said the N-word, and it was this big old thing. But it, what was great was Dean Ambrose came out after he was talking for a while, and he goes, I honestly haven't understood a word you said. And it was so funny because <laughs> he just burned him, and everyone felt that way. And I was like, nice. I'm just sure that's not a script. Nope. You know? Nope. They have a little bit of freedom there. So that's like something you'd see in Roast Battle. Hell yeah. And you've definitely come out. In roast battle with your own, uh, I try some shit, <laughs> some entrances. I uh, I try to see what 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 the show can be, and nobody like talks and to you beforehand. This is all you, you know. Nobody's right. Like, uh, the only Moses thing is I got to get the up. music, but I I yeah I don't know. It's and how like <sighs> how much freedom do you get? You know, does does he say? 
I mean, do I whatever. feel like if I do something again uh, to extreme, someone would be like, hey, man, just... I mean, also already a lot of people are like, don't do anything crazy like that again. Really? A lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. But not, B- but not the people that matter. Not the people who run the show. But I am afraid that I'm like making an ass of myself in front of like TV producers. And you're and not shit. aware of it? Huh? And you're just not aware? Well, I'm aware of it. I'm aware when things go bad, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I did three battles and then I'm bored, <laughs> you know. Right, right. Uh, like I'm bored with the format. If you notice, after my third battle, which is my f- the th- fourth one, is my first m- it's my first three round main event. I started doing different things, and mm-hmm. and that one went very well. And Mandrakal hated it, though. No, no, no. Oh, that no, that, that was, wasn't that one. That was the that was one. two before that. Oh, okay, that one went really well. That was Quentin Mascaratolo. Who also goes by Thomas as well, or well now, yeah, he's. I think he's transitioning mm. <laughs> because of I, not because of me, but I, I made fun of his name on a, every joke. I called him by a different name. It's definitely a name that can I garner call him that Quentin Mascazzaro. <laughs> Mask of Zorro. <laughs> and one the one one of the ones I didn't use, which like switched Mascapone. it, was uh, Hillary Quentin. <laughs> And it's just like a you know a switch. Yes, but I thought it'd be confusing. But whatever. I see him a lot at a bunch of mics for sure. I see him around. Yeah, I did that name game thing, which people, so many people said, don't do it. Mm. It's gonna bomb. And I, I, I was like, well, if it bombs, it bombs. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna do it. I was and it here. went really well, and I won probably because of that. And I also did a thing with a shirt. I mean, when Dan Nolan wrote the report on that, he was like, he did a bunch of stuff I would have never thought would work. Hmm. Um, but then, but, and then my next one, I battled in a trash can and yes. I entered as the ghost of my opponent's dead brother and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, but that Which, one actually, I think, might have hurt me a little bit. Wow, went too far, you think? Well, I the judges started judging it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, part of it too is just I when you're doing all that stuff, it's hard to choreograph all that stuff and put it all together. And however many jokes you end up doing, yes, and so it's a lot. And that's really the reason that I am going to pull back from doing shenanigans because it's just too much work logistically. And it's too stressful, right? And and then also, if it doesn't go well, and I'm making an ass of myself, and I'm ruining the show, I mean, I don't want to fucking people come out and pay money to watch the show, and you know, I right, um, and Hitler and you comes shit out. The bed. And, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I'm proud of the shit I've pulled off, even when it's fallen apart because it's crazy and weird and. That's comedy. Like you're, yeah. you'll never know. Like, oh, this is gonna work for sure. I like, mean, but you have to when you're going on television or something. Mm. You know, you gotta play within a. I think you gotta play the odds. Like, yeah, yeah. And I have not. I've, uh, I've gone, I've gone off. <laughs> like I, the last, this the is last a two, the last. I mean, two crazy things I've done. I, I was like maybe like the first one. I was maybe like thirty seventy on it would work 70 thinking it might not and then the one after that well i just didn't know how people were going to react to it right and al magical took the reins on (laughs) but also both those times um there was a a a match right before me oh that that shit the bed no well like the intro shit the bed on one of them Mm -hmm. so that hurt me a lot because once it started uh, once my intro started people were like 
nope, <laughs> like don't do that. And then also the people in my intro were in that intro, which wasn't supposed to happen. Mm. I was told they weren't gonna, they were gonna be in mass and not talking, and then the last minute, and yeah, so so that hurt me. And then also those people battling were just are just really good. It was like Earl Skagel. Right. He's like a king of the room. And then the other one was like Connor and Rich. Right. And they're just fucking killers. Yeah. And I would have never thought I should go after them or whatever. But uh, And they said they did it because I was doing an intro. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know the logic behind that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I would have never. I think they should have top billing. Like, I don't think I'm better than them. Or, Definitely. And uh, yeah. And Especially they, if mean, they have bigger records. I mean, whatever. I don't know that that matters, but. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, yeah but again i'm not i'm not ashamed of it as much as mike lawrence told me to be <laughs> but it hurts it hurts the failure fucking hurts definitely and uh and makes me question everything and every- but part of that's good yeah i went on kill tony and earl skagel and lawrence were both judges yeah and it sucked big time <laughs> <laughs> yeah they could be rough um, it was rough i mean mike lawrence is so fucking funny and yes. so good but he could be a bit of a bully it goes into parts where it's not fun anymore um mm-hmm. and i don't know what i don't know what well he's trying to come up with so much material on the fly there's bound to be some things that just i mean i don't think it's get ever... a little too personal or get just yeah. too like okay now you're just being mean right i mean i i think he's a bit of a bully and i think hmm. he knows it and that he used to be more of a bully and he's probably gotten better with it and the roast battle is the place where he can he could well, kind of whip that out yeah i mean and he thrives safely in it, you know he's yeah probably my thing one with of the my thing that- with lawrence that i like is more almost you know 90 percent of the time there's a joke there yeah you know so like as long as there's a joke mm-hmm. you know yeah i i love his comedy too i mean not even his yeah. roast material i mean he's, he's just great. a great stand-up He's really great. Same with Skagel and and a lot of those guys. I don't know. I I don't know how he thinks about me. I feel like he feels like I'm not. I feel like he feels like I'm not gonna be successful and that I should quit. And it makes him feel awkward about me. That's how I feel right now. Oh, but I don't think but he's, he's never... ever seen me do really well. <laughs> so I don't know that. Do you think he's like your Achilles heel, or you know, you get no. intimidated because of that? I mean, I'm a little intimidated, of course. I mean, the guy... I mean, he's writing on a show with fucking Louis and mm-hmm. and uh, Albert Brooks. Like, two comedy legends that I love. Uh, and he's done Conan and everything. He's, he's a, a comedy professional comedian. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, like, all those things are things that I love. Like, there's professional comedians who are uh, less have less impressive resumes right right know. right it's like you respect his career as much as him oh yeah and you know definitely see maybe some of yourself in him i don't know about that but i don't know <laughs> i definitely have like uh i wouldn't say mike lawrence is necessarily a mentor but i definitely look towards a lot of comedians in the scene and go man i i want my trajectory to replicate yeah. his. Or- I mean, there's definitely people with impressive careers. Like we were talking about with Brad Pitt, as far as like movie careers, yes. this is very impressive. And then not a lot of people are that impressive with their career. Not a lot of people say no to things. Yeah. Like you said, I, if you look at like someone like uh, Steve Carell, yeah, those guys are interesting to me because he broke when he was like 40 and I, he did one 
he did Evan Almighty. And that's actually when I met him. Um, I don't know him, but I met him once. You were on the set of Evan? Or? No, he came and did improv with, wow. with my improv group from college. Because he was in the original iteration of it. Okay. Uh, in Dennis at Denison in Ohio. Crazy. So my my teacher and my S- professor was his professor. So and he did like a show with you guys. So he came and dropped in on a show and did a show at our community college in Cerritos. Crazy. And then ate at Denny's with us afterwards. And it was just one of the guys. And it was just he fucking was just... magical. <laughs> the waitress is... started crying and said, "You're my favorite." Wow. Uh, and this is after Anchorman and all that. It was it was after it was right after Little Miss Sunshine and Anchorman and and, uh, it was after Forty Year Old Virgin. Nice, yeah. It was Forty Year Old Virgin and Little Miss Sunshine had come out that year, and he was filming Evan Almighty. (laughs) He is such a he does have a diverse before he even had a bad movie. (laughs) What was that? But but, Dan in real life, I like that movie a lot. Oh yeah. All, uh, a lot of his movies, the, the only bad one is Evan Almighty. Even that has like some comedic merit. But uh, but uh, but he he designed his career mm. because he's smart. He he made a production company as soon as he had a little money, and he has script. He has people read scripts for him, and yes, uh, uh, he has his he. You know, I mean, he got nominated for an Oscar. That's right. For it, Fox Catcher? Yeah. Yeah. It was a great fucking movie. I haven't seen it. I went to the... I got lucky enough to go to the premiere. It was fucking awesome. Uh, the West Coast premiere or whatever. And that's also like, yeah, a character that you're like not automatically thinking, oh yeah, Steve Carell. Right, but he fucking's great. But he kills it, yeah. Well, that's the one of... It's a trick people do, I think. Noah Baumbach does it mm. often, where he takes extremely likable actors and puts them in these unlikable roles. Yes. Whereas like Noah Baumbach has some comedy to it, which actually Foxcatcher I think is a very funny movie. Really? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm glad I saw an interview that confirmed that where like (laughs) the, uh, the director said, it's one of those things like it was really funny to me and I couldn't stop laughing (laughs) until, you know, the The, ending. Yeah. (laughs) The the raping. (laughs) I don't think he... Really, oh, no, it's no, a murder. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Right. It's a real-life story. No yes. spoilers. It actually happened. <laughs> he murders someone, yeah. And and it's he's like, it's just one of those things that's really funny until it's not. <laughs> right, right. And, but, yeah, it is. I think the movie's really fucking funny and really dark and brooding and uncomfortably so, but also funny. Well, it's I think- really interesting. It made me reimagine all of Bennett Bauer's movies, and I want to rewatch them. I haven't, though. Hmm. Moneyball and right, right. Capote, and Capote is really funny. I like Capote a lot. It was a good movie. Yeah, and it's heavy. Uh, but Hoffman was great in it, and uh, that so movie. I mean, I didn't know a lot about Truman Capote Phil before. Hoffman means a lot to me because he won a leading he won a le- leading man Oscar, mm-hmm. and he's fat, <laughs> and that hasn't happened since Ernest Borgnine right, in Marty right. or or whatever he won it for. Uh, in 1955. The nominees for Best Actor are Ernest Borgnine in Marty, James Cagney in Love Me or Leave Me, James Dean in East of Eden, Frank Sinatra in The Man with the Golden Arm, Spencer Tracy in Bad Day at Black Rock. The winner is 
Ernest Gordon. For the sake of sounding repetitious, <clears throat> I just want to thank my mother for giving me the idea of going in and doing this, getting into this wonderful profession. My pop for being steadfast, my lovely wife for helping me. Thank you very, very much. He was just like, to show you how fucking shitty Hollywood is. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't happen. He wasn't a leading man. Yeah, like, yeah he no. wasn't that He's guy. A character actor. Yeah. So I, if it's God, that him and Robin Williams died in the same year. That shit fucking really. I didn't. Yeah, and I, totally I'm the first person that. to give people shit about posting celebrity death stuff on Facebook. Right. But those two guys really hurt me. I mean, also Farley. Sure. Fucking. He was my hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's always tragic to hear you know guys that you love. Yeah. You know, also, pass, especially really tragically, see, see yourself in and mm-hmm. you know look up to. Yeah. <laughs> subject jersey girl mm. i really love i think it's a it's a i don't know touching and george carlin is fucking great I, in it i think the problem with jersey girl was inevitably the marketing with jen and ben you know the yeah that whole thing outside of the movie i mean it was also a very big turn for him yeah he was trying to say something different with that PG movie 13 movie or pg mm. i don't know what it's rated but this is first non R, <laughs> and you do find that like he is at certain points in his life, like you know where, you know, this movie was written because he's going through this time yeah. in his I life. I mean, like I really connected with that movie because I was a my mom was a single mom and my dad had died. Yeah, and that was that child who was going through life with one less parent, and and I mean same same thing with Baby Driver mm-hmm. and. uh same thing with Almost Famous. Yes. There's certain things that you just connect with because of what's happened in your life or the person you are. And I don't know. Those are, the, to me, that's more powerful than No Country for Old Men or or uh, Pulp Fiction, you know? Because those characters are less relatable? or Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um I mean, I've never killed anyone or <laughs> anything like yeah, that. Yeah, you've never uh, ch- flipped a coin and then decided to kill a man with her. Not yeah, 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 yeah. I think those movies are good. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know. Right. It's like less built on believability. Day-to-day reality. That's mm. the reality for somebody. Yeah, you um, can picture like that story existing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Just you've never experienced it. Right, I uh, the biggest the one of the reasons I love Baby Driver so much is because I feel like whenever I watch an action movie, people are just shooting people mm-hmm. and there's violence and it doesn't mean anything. Yes, like I remember Superman, the first uh, Man of Steel, when that came out, 
it, this is how I felt at the end of the movie. I was like, how many times can I watch 9-11 and feel nothing? Because it's just buildings falling down. Right. And I'm right. just like, there's meaningless, and it's all CGI, and you know it's CGI, and the yes. story isn't there to back it up. And I just, with Baby Driver, everyone who got like pushed or hit with a car, every car accident felt like I felt it. Uh, every, every death, every, you know, everyone, I felt every one of them. I had sympathy yeah. for all the characters. There was no villain. Everyone was sympathetic. It's a really remarkable movie. And then mm. I'm, and then I fucking cried at a car chase movie. It's insane. <laughs> well, I love too that it's, it's such an Edgar Wright movie where it's so choreographed, you know, yeah. it has such a, every frame counts in this movie I, I actually disagree with that really uh yeah like i thought uh, it got a little sloppy at parts really um yeah and other parts with were like the the audio and the the visual cues like always matching and everything and there's like like the scene in the diner where they're talking yeah uh it's just like straight shots and they're just going back and forth you know like uh but it's like he has to do that for the budget Right. You know what I mean? Right. And he said it on The World's End where he's like, we did all the dialogue scenes in half time hmm. uh, because we had to concentrate on the action scenes. Right. Which, that movie is crazy. They made it in 12 weeks. Jesus. For, uh, I want to say, 20 million or 40 million. Still, either way, it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that movie. I love all of his movies. Yeah. I, it's going to get interesting because this one made some money. Mm. Um, so I'm Definitely. really excited for the next one. So you think that there's going to be a sequel? No, I just think there might be. He just, might have more money to work with on his next right. go about. He might have more freedom. Um, you know, he might have bigger actors. You know, anything's possible. Would uh, you have been uh, excited if he would have finished Ant-Man? Oh, yeah. And I think he's in there a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it has a lot of him in there. Definitely. For sure. Um, I thought it was a fun movie. I liked Ant Man a lot. I, I'm not a comic book nerd, which I'm, uh, I have never read the comics either. Yeah, yeah. I'm I I feel like like I'm definitely like a nerd in some respects, but I never read comics. What's uh, your biggest niche of nerddom? Nerd probably <laughs> movies. Movie, yeah, yeah. Like Same and here. even but even the movies I like like I like art films, so it's all. Like, it's not even like I like comic book movie. I mean, I do. It just becomes overwhelming at a certain point. Right. <laughs> and then uh, I've never really gotten into horror movies as much. Or, like, I don't know. I've never liked genre movies. I, I don't necessarily, like, stick to one genre. But I do find myself, you know, if I were to make my own movie, what yeah. genre would it be? Yeah, well, the thing I'm working on right now is, like, a sci-fi horror, mm-hmm. but that's just, like, the framing of it. It's really a dark comedy. Sci-fi in the, like, meaning of, like, the future, or? Uh, he's, he uh, invents a medical procedure to uh, make it so you don't have to sleep. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, so that's the sci-fi element. And then I, the horror is you just start to feel like he's insane and he's trapped this guy. And uh, but then uh, it's also a drug trip movie. Yeah, because uh, it's a lot of at work there. Sleep deprivation is an interesting concept. 
Yeah. How long have you gone, like, how long have you been awake? In... Probably, like, two days or... Wow, two days? Just on naturalness? Like, just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll probably, I mean, some of the times of drinking coffee or... Mm. So, mild to stimulants. cause or to, because I have to go do stuff. Right. Um, I don't picture you, know, doing meth, though, or anything. Oh, right? no, yeah, I've never done any of that <laughs> shit. I don't. <laughs> I've never done any drug. I don't really picture you. Do, yeah, I don't know about your like. You I don't know, do a lot vices or whatever. I. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this: sleep deprivation could be its own vice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start to get a little uh, kooky, and that um, uh, you get a buzz off of it for I, sure. I talked to Jason King about this, and he was talking about how he comes up with a lot of material. In like hour twenty four of being awake. Oh yeah, there's something <laughs> there's something to be said of like, and I've I've talked to other people about it and they don't necessarily agree, which is weird to me. But being mm. sleep deprived, like if I get like uh, two or three hours of sleep and then wake up and start writing, yeah. I just there's there's just an energy to it that I don't have otherwise. I'll um, admit, yeah, it's it's so weird how like where ideas come from, you know. Well, it's I don't think ideas. Here's the thing. I don't even think they're actually better when you're sleep deprived. Hmm. I just think they flow out freer. You're you know less I mean? um, you're aware of like them not being good or Well, yeah, I think you don't have the energy to self-sabotage yeah. and to block yourself. Uh is what it is. You're just too tired and you're like like you'll notice like when you get tired, you don't have a filter. Like when you talk, you just fucking go for it. So that's that's like, uh, and you know, I'm starting to get to that point where I'm just like that, anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm also trying to, though, uh, be more careful at the same time. You always have to hold your tongue, but you always feel as a comedian, yeah, you want to be free to say whatever you could, you know, think. Yeah, which is one of the reasons, uh, like. <laughs> And people think I'm so fucking crazy, and I hate to do this on another podcast. <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't want to do commercials, right? Ever, and I might end up in the future and fuck it, selling out. I don't care though, because like, I live in a, I'm, you know, I'm practically homeless, hmm. uh, and hmm. I'm, I don't want to be that forever. <laughs> well, I've, I've thought about that too, because I, I mean, I wouldn't say I have a huge following, but I think I have enough where I could have ads and maybe. Yeah. Something would See, come from that, those ads. That's I'm okay with that a little bit. Right. Uh depending on it's it's the idea of auditioning for a commercial and you have no idea how it's gonna turn out and right. you have no idea how it's what it is, or you don't know you don't know about the company and what they're doing to the world and you're just this idea of being like a desperate actor who'll do anything for a payday. just like Yeah, and I mean LA's full of them. Right. That it's overflowing um, you know with this desperation and that's part of it i just don't like that Well, let's uh, close it out and do a segment that I haven't done in a while, but since we are both uh, huge wrestling buffs, maybe Tony more so, I'd like to uh, create a, an actual made-up wrestler 
through the power of randomness. So I have a list of names that uh, you can pick from uh, just at random, one through ten. And then from that name, we will create this whole arc. Their first match, their quintessential best match, and then their, you know, fall from grace or their ending. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling for the heavyweight championship of the world. Are you ready? Wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance, and the millions watching around the world from the capital city of the United States of America Washington DC ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to So, uh, you can pick one through ten, and then we'll go from there. Uh, six. Six is incognito burrito. Oh, perfect. I I had a wrestling character. I used to backyard wrestle in high school. Right. And uh, I had a character, uh, El Heyo Loco. <laughs> El Jello Loco. <laughs> the crazy Jello. And Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Um, and uh, it was just I made a mask out of uh, uh, baseball sleeves. Nice. I just cut <laughs> holes in the eyes and the mouth, and uh, and that was that. And I it was kind of cool. I like you know just made my own mask and well I maybe that's the thing. Out of it we we can uh, add to that. We can yeah, say yeah, that yeah. this is a, a new tag team because there wasn't there wasn't much. Well, there wasn't much there. <laughs> like I was in high school, and it, although when we wrestled. The unique thing about my backyard wrestling hmm. league—I mean, I don't know if, how others people's are—but we're much more about the theater of it, than right? The sport of the, it, the promo, the promos, the theatrics. Yeah, the, yeah. We we worked out storylines more than anything. Yeah, back back. Uh, you gave this person life. You know, you didn't. It wasn't yeah. about the wrestling so much. Right, right. The <laughs> matches were t- all terrible, <laughs> but the stories were. What we're interested in. Well, that's what we're into. Yeah. So where does Incognito get his start? Incognito Burrito. Yeah, Incognito Burrito. Obviously, he's maybe in the lucha scene. I say... Or maybe he's just a breakout character in WWE. I say he's like a a guy who sells burritos on the street. Oh, okay. An immigrant. And then... uh, or not? Maybe okay. in Mexico. <laughs> he and was then, born here, and then, um, and then his family is murdered. Oh, okay, desperado style, or and then he he dons a mask, right? And, and uh, is and now fighting. Is for now his. trying to avenge his family's death. It was a moonlit night in old Mexico. I walked alone between some old 
adobe haciendas. Suddenly, I heard the plaintive cry of a young Mexican. La, la. So he's a face. Yeah, he's a face. He's a dark face. Okay. He's a, he's a bit of an anti-hero because he doesn't he doesn't play by the, by the rules. Right. Okay. So he's he's got a mask. He's got a what what color scheme is he is he rocking? Uh, does he have a burrito? Like <laughs> does he come out on stage with the burrito or uh, or does he have a you know a valet that's like a sexy like yeah, you know yeah, Mexican okay, chick? There there you go. Character, I would say, who's who <laughs> like, has 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 a burrito cart, like a, a chef, like he's the <laughs> actual cook, yeah, yeah, that makes the burritos for yeah, him, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's gonna have to have a mask too because they have <laughs> to protect both their identities. Yes, you don't want other, you know. Um, I mean, it also just with the name <laughs> incognito a wrestling name. Uh, so is yeah. this is this guy like you know a bruiser? A uh, uh, heavyweight, or is he a uh, high flyer? I say high flyer, okay. but a lot of striking. Okay. So of, his first match, well, who do you think he, he fights in his first match? Uh, like a real person? Yeah, somebody in the in the universe. Well, I would, I would put this guy in Lucha. Okay. For sure. <laughs> so he's so, in Lucha now. Who I don't know a lot of Lucha performers. Well, I mean Johnny Mundo, which is John Morrison, mm-hmm. uh, who's who's a famous wrestler. It would have to be a good he's, heel, he's you the know, champ right now. Someone that's, or is it a no-name guy that he can just dominate? Real I mean, quick? they're great at doing these like dark stories like that. Like, uh, like right now, um, they did a storyline where Cage got a gauntlet, like a glove. Wow! And he. He uh, Dario Cueto, who's the owner and operator, mm-hmm, he's like the Vince mm-hmm. McMahon, but he's way more, uh, even he's way dirtier than over him. the top. Well, it's just he he has like ties to the city. It in- takes place in Boyle's Boyle Heights. And they call <laughs> it the fucking temple, and all the characters are based on like Aztec myths, or most of them. Wow, yeah, and uh, it's like a comic book come to life. Like the best, yes. the best parts of wrestling. Uh, yes, and. and uh, it's super cool. And then uh, to quote a wrestling name, <laughs> do you know super cool? super crazy? Never mind. Super yeah, I don't. Crazy. I'm not familiar with. I super cool. <laughs> you don't know super crazy though. Uh, no, I've heard of super crazy for sure. It's NECW. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so yeah, yeah. So they did introduce it with a short film segment. Okay. And uh, what would what would be yeah, be his promo? What would Incognito Burritos? No promo. He doesn't talk. No. Oh, no, he's a silent. Yeah, yeah. He's but, got, that's why he's got his manager. What about the manager? Maybe he does his talking for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we know someone <laughs> has answers. 
you know, and we're going to find out. Right. And we're going to go through everyone in this locker room <laughs> until we know who's responsible for the death of his wife and children. <laughs> and maybe that's the thing. They they died in a like a, you know, a Mexican burrito accident. Sort of. <laughs> Mexican burrito. Now there's going to be something with like the cartel. Uh, uh, they wanted him to smuggle drugs, but in the burritos. But he said but he's no. like, no. no. He's like, I'm. I'm just want to sell burritos. Yep. I just want to make people happy. You know. Yes. I, I just want enough money to take care of my family. I'm just a simple burrito farmer. <laughs> burrito farmer. <laughs> and I need. To, uh, just... I mean, that's legit. If the guy grows his own, a lot of people who sell like tamales and stuff, they grow yeah. their own chilies. Yeah. So everything. okay, so he comes from humble uh, background. He loses his family, and then first match uh, is maybe a, a character that he thinks, you know, killed his. Fa- you know, as, he's trying to get answers. Something. Yeah, he's trying to get to Quato. Yeah, Quato. Oh, he's the kingpin. So so it might he might just go. I mean, so there will be a long period of him just taking on any all comers, right? And does he so ever lose, or does he? He wins. He wins nonstop. Uh, he's a he's a beast. It's just a rocket to the top. Yeah, he's, and then and then eventually he comes face to face with Matanzo Cueto. And this is Who like is? the quintessential Wrestlemania event, you uh, know, or Lucha, uh, Ultima Lucha. Yeah. Ultima Lucha. This is pay-per-view and he's decided that I'm, I'm finally Matanzo Cueto yep. is Dario Cueto's brother. Who's nice. Just a monster. Nice. And, uh, he's just a psychopath who's super big and super strong and just and destroys people. What and kind finally, of match is this? Like a cage match? Or it's some gotta sort be of like a, it's gotta be like, uh, like a, street fight or um, maybe yeah. something new like uh, not even in the ring it's outside uh, the ring uh, I mean it's gotta be a knockdown of course drag out fucking craziness and maybe some shenanigans like you like, know I'm trying to think of a gimmick like a he has like lackeys that come and save him a or, new gimmick maybe like um, the managers are in cages oh like Dario Cueto is up in a cage and his manager's up in a cage right right and then uh and then what about if there's like you know his But it leads to him getting his hands on Quato at the end mm. like Dario and And does he ever have like a new love interest like coming to the mix, you know? That, well that's next season. Oh, okay. Well, I think we're that's a good Time to pause. Uh, I think, yeah, we're almost. Dang, I didn't oh, want to say that we were <laughs> we were going to record this long, but we ended up recording this long. Yeah, I told you I talked. Well, I will thank you again, Tony, for coming in and uh, sharing some some of your insights and some of your life. Yeah, I didn't have to do anything. I was just here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you came to me. It was great. Hey, I try to make it easy for my guests. Yeah, but uh, once again, guys, definitely check out Tony Bartoloni on social media wherever uh, he finds. At, at Tony Does Comedy on Twitter. Yep. Tony Bartoloni on Instagram. 
Facebook friend request me, and I probably won't accept you. <laughs> so follow me on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. And uh, if you guys want to check out any of his upcoming dates, I'm assuming he's going to be around the LA area soon. Fucking August 8th, roast battle against Joe Urell, and I'll do stand up there once a month, and I'm all over the place. Except open mics. <laughs> I mean, I go to open mics. I, I go at least, I go, I always go up at least once or twice a week. Nice. You know? And also, guys, check me out, obviously, at This Comics Live or The D Stories on uh, Twitter. And, uh, yeah, guys, definitely tune in for a whole lot more. So definitely check me out every week right here on This Comics Live. But uh, until then, you have any uh, shoving out words? Thanks. Thank you for your ears. And once again, guys, you've been listening to... (laughs) 